morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock. And if today is Wednesday, then I'm your host today, tomorrow, last week, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Woo! All right. You know what you get in the morning from me on Wednesdays. Got to start with that, uh weather update and i'm just seeing gorgeous left and right whether it be the last two days today the next few days next week it's beautiful it's beautiful incredible amazing beautiful so no complaints no one could be upset no one's allowed to be mad no one's allowed to be angry no one's allowed to be sad beautiful weather summer none of that negativity needed Somewhat speaking of negativity, <laughs> after me saying no more negativity needed, I went to play uh, some sports. What was it, Sunday? Monday? Sunday? I don't even know. I went to play some sports at the YU gym. Played. And then uh, went on over to my apartment, showered up, ate some dinner. Went to Davim and Hamarv. Went to my shul board meeting, of which I am on the board, and there may be news for you. Are you that in a few weeks? Anyway, come back home, come back to my apartment building, reach into my pocket, and I find my keychain without no keys. Okay. Misplacing keys isn't the worst thing in life. It's it's actually really high up there, but it's not the worst thing in life. But <laughs> if anyone's misplaced their keys, not even talking about car keys, just apartment keys. It is so annoying. So I misplaced them. So I say, you know what? And I and I get back to my apartment and I'm like, should I retrace my steps and get them? Or just like, eh, they'll show up. I said, you know what? Usually I'm a fan of they'll show up, but let me go retrace my steps. So I go to the uh, the Beit Midrash where there was Minchamar. I couldn't find them there. Go back to the board meeting room. I was like, oh, you know, I was leaning back in my chair. For sure they fell out of my pocket. I was like, that's probably the number one place. Go there. They're not there. Come back to my, uh, you know, go ask the security guards. Did they find a key? Was any key given to them? No. Okay. Come back to my apartment. Look around the apartment. Can't find them. Look back and, you know, they're probably back in the pants you just wore. Nope. Maybe in the shorts from basketball. Nope. I say, you know what? All right, I can't find them in my apartment. I will just go, and uh, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, I'll go to the security desk, the main security booth by YU, see if anyone left a pair of keys. Oh, and I'm going to go check the gym when I get back from work. It'll probably be one of those. I check back in the morning security desk, and they're not there. Monday after work, I go back to the gym. I was like, this is the only other place it could be, and it's not there. I was like, well... At this point, there's only two places. They're somewhere on the streets of New York City, probably within the 185th to 187th on Am- in Amsterdam in that area, or they're just totally gone, maybe in my apartment somewhere, I don't know. All right, at that point, I've kind of, at that point, I, I get back to my apartment Monday night, and my roommate's like, you find your keys? I said, no. I said, you know what? These things have a funny way of showing up. They just... They just show up for whatever reason. You could you find that they're they're just going to show up. Literally, fifteen seconds after I say that, I'm sitting on my couch. I go up to my room, 
for no reason. I just go into my room and they're just sitting on my desk and I'm just like, how the heck did I miss this for the last 24 hours? For the last, whatever it was, 20 hours. How? They're just sitting on my desk. I looked at my desk 15 times in the last 20 hours and they're just sitting there. And I realized earlier that that night I was taking things out of my backpack and uh, in my backpack were two Hamilton playbills because my roommate last week won the uh, Hamilton lottery. I think this was mentioned on, I want to say that's live or maybe even the live launch. My roommate won the, the Hamilton lottery and what we do is we both enter a bunch of Broadway lotteries. And the rule is, if one of us wins, we have to take each other, unless there's a significant other in play. And in this time, in our lives, there's no significant other in play. So I went to see Hamilton because of him. And uh, awesome, incredible play. And I'm not like a Broadway snob at all. And, um, you know, Hamilton was a show I wanted to see because of the hype. You know, I, I had nothing to do with the actual play. I just wanted to see because of the hype, and it's incredible. I mean, do I encourage everyone to see it? Yes. But, it, you know, would I have seen it at the 300 to $500 I would have needed to spend on StubHub? No. Probably not. But for $10, $10 lottery, yeah. Yeah, it it's incredible. You know, we sat second row in the orchestra, which is cool because you're right up front, but it's not optimal for viewing pleasure. But nonetheless... I mean, incredible. You you see the show from a different angle, and actually, in the second row, you could literally hear them sing, which is really cool. They're not just lip-singing. You could actually hear them sing. Um, just an incredible experience, and I've thanked my roommate numerous times. Uh, just so, so cool. So, enter the lottery. Just Google, like, Broadway Lottery Hamilton. Enter it. Odds are you don't win. We've been saying that for... <laughs> we've probably been entering for a solid year. Odds are you don't win. But hey, there'll be one random day where you open up your email and it says you won, and there will be no. I, I, I promise you, I kid you not. My roommate sent me the, the the screenshot of the email, and I had these like I was near tearing. I was just like, I can't believe we won, and we're gonna see Hamilton. So uh, I encourage everyone to just all the Broadway. By the way, a lot of Broadway shows have lotteries, so just enter them. You never know what's gonna happen. I'm already trying to uh, win Book of Mormon, SpongeBob. I really want to see. Um, sometimes I enter like Aladdin and Lion King because like, why not? I'm not dying to see them, but whatever. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen, I really wanted to see when it was Ben Platt, but I'll see it nonetheless anyway. Um, but the whole thing, yeah, I, did I even finish the story? I don't know. We had the Hamilton playbills and I must have, for whatever reason, I, I don't even know how, sometime between when I put the key down on my desk. Then put the Hamilton playbill over it. This is what I'm assuming. I, I can't even confirm this. And then I moved the Hamilton playbill later that night. And the key must have come off the keychain. I have no idea because I had the keychain, not the keys. I it, It's still completely outstanding to me that, I, you know, I have no idea how it happened. But like I, like I said 15 seconds before I found the keys, things have a funny way of falling into place. You know, I'm a fan of, of putting in your own work and you got to find and search and whatnot. Things work out. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way. Things work out, though. That's my uh, little opening spiel. 
for today. What I'm super, 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 super excited about are, 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 I mean, many things in life, but what I'm excited about today is that we got to move back to regular music. Now, I, what I should say about this show is today's show is pre-recorded because of circumstances within the network, because you're listening to this on Wednesday. I'm doing this Tuesday morning because tomorrow, well, I should say today, Wednesday, Wednesday's live lunch is coming to you from Wesley Kosher. That's 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, in order for me to do both this show and do Wesley Kosher, I, I can't be in two places at once, and I am the engineer on these shows, which means I have to get there. If the show's at 11, I'm usually there by 10, which means I got to leave my apartment by 9. So I'm doing the show with you on Tuesday, but I'm so excited for that show Wednesday, which for you when you're hearing this is in about hour and 48 minutes. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're in Muncie or near Muncie, come stop on by Wesley Kosher and Muncie for today's live lunch for Wednesday's live lunch. Thank you to our sponsors there. One Tabletop Lilac and Cream, Norman's Dairy. We'll have a special demo with Naomi Nachman. That will be during the show, and and I'm sure that part will be on Facebook Live. So you'll get both the visual and the audio for that. Um, But this week, for this show, for Bite Size, we get back to regular music, what you're used to hearing. We also have an interview from Tova Connect with Jody Samuels, the founder of JICNY. That'll be at about 10 a.m. Eastern. And then we'll, uh, like I said, back to great, great music. Plenty of music. The new stuff, maybe some oldies, but mostly new stuff. Hopping and popping, bopping and rocking. All the fun, good music. And we start things off with one thing and one thing only, except when it's fear music. But otherwise, one thing and one thing only on a Wednesday. It's Mahabecha Shel Simchan Bite Size right here at the Nachum Seal Network. Shamati Oh, I'm being 
אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה.
Nachas getan, oh, bis im Chor. Jagagaluloi, lass uns mit zwei, gedeut am Meer, ich schein, oh, 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 Bring him 
ונתתם להשם. נוידה לשם יחו בשורך מעיניי. נוידה לשם יחו בשורך מעיניי. נוידה לשם יחו בשורך מעיניי. בריחים אתם, אתם להשם.
מרים את הצרות מאחוריי. הלא לך שכולכם אשנונים. היי, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי, אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני. היי, הראש כבר מסתובב, כולם בהיי. לא נעצור עד שכולכם אשנונים. קשה לשיר כמו יואלי, 
להתעורר בבוקר, להיכנס לכושר, שחיתות בכל שבועיים, פיגוע כל יומיים. טוב, דיברנו מספיק, כפינו תודה. עכשיו נחזור אחורה אל הבסיס, זמן לומר תודה. תודה על הרוח, שאין לי זמן לנוח, על התיקון, על המהות. תודה על היהדות, אין לנו זכות בכלל להתלונן, הכל פוחמסה וברוך השם כי החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו And it's time for Tova Knecht's interview with Jody Samuels, the founder of JICNY. Let's hear what uh, she has to say about our organization, as well as uh, some other things that you may know her from. Jody Samuels with Tova Knecht, right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. 
I'm sitting here with the lovely Jody Samuels, known as one of the 70 outstanding women in Israel. She's also the founder of JICNY, and she's also known from her uh, Jewish parenting, Jewish mother's parenting blog called Metro Ima. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tova. Um, so I am so excited to sit here and talk to you. This is a long overdue interview, because uh, but every day it's like there's something else added that I find out about you, that I learn about you, that I want to now really share it with everybody listening. Um, you're so inspirational. You're doing so many incredible things. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your Aliyah story? You were in South Africa, New York. Now you're in Israel. Yep. Um, so I came to Israel my first time when I was like 15 and I got the Zionist bag then. And I came back for my year after high school for my gap year. And right at the end of that gap year, I was sitting on a street corner and a guy came and asked me for directions. Everybody knows Israelis are genetically incapable of saying they don't know. So he was given multiple directions and he kept getting lost. He was adamant to find someone who speaks English. So he said, excuse me, do you speak English? And I said, yeah, which is the way South Africans answer yes. And he was like, you're South African. And um, we started talking and that landed up being my husband, Gavin. And we started talking about making Aliyah. Yeah. That was in 1991. Okay. And at the time he was a doctor who he had just finished medical school mm -hmm. and they brought in all the Russian doctors and he had a huge student loan and there were no doctors, jobs for doctors. So we had this idea, we'll go live overseas and earn dollars and you could pay off because South African currency was not so strong so you earn dollars pay off your student loan uh -huh. and we'd make Aliyah in two years okay so we started off living in these completely outback areas um if you've ever watched like northern exposure type movies yeah. um where the doctor works in these very remote locations we earned a lot of money so the goal was we could pay off the student loans and that two-year plan took 23 years <sighs> And along wow. the way, we moved all over Outback Australia, Outback New Zealand, and then we won green cards in the green card lottery, and we were going to New York for just one year en route to Israel. Uh -huh. We spent 16 years in New York. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know that you love New York. Yeah, I absolutely love New York. Along absolutely. the way, it became hard for me to leave and right, live the dream, but my husband never forgot his dream. Yeah. Okay, good. Good for Gavin. Good and, job, Gavin. <laughs> and in 2014, we were here during Tsuketan, that was the Gaza conflict of 2014 with the missiles and the sirens wow. and I don't know what happened then but I joke Hamas was my aliyah shiliach wow. um, during that war I decided actually maybe I should give Israel a, an opportunity give it a try yeah. and I realized that my youngest child has special needs if we were going to do it it was either going to be then when she could come young enough to learn Hebrew yeah. as a like immersion language or it would be when she finished school, maybe another 15 years later. Wow, so you chose the... So after 23 years of talking about Aliyah, we decided, era of Rosh Hashanah, that we're in fact doing it. And we left, left the day after Yom Kippur. So 23 years of talking about it and 10 days of actually planning. Well, you're very spontaneous. I know just, you know... Knowing you, I, mean, I, never, I always joke with you that we should have a game called Where in the World is Jody right now, you know, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're in another country, so I know that you're definitely uh, spontaneous and we're all happy that you live here. Um, so in terms of, you said that you moved here with a special needs sweater, so was that, was that challenging? Is that still challenging? What do you do to help her or to, um, or to inspire anybody else that maybe is thinking about moving here but nervous too? 
Um, I would basically tell everyone, do your homework. And we thought we had done our homework and we thought we understood what the challenges were. And it's been way harder than I thought. I think the first challenge is that I, and I joke with like people, but it's not really a joke. There's two special needs situations here. One is the child and one is the parents who don't speak the language. It's true. So every time like we try, you know, when you have like a typical child, we, we've chosen to go on the path of inclusion, which is incredibly, incredibly hard in Israel. Okay. And very few families do true inclusion, not like part-time inclusion where, you know, your kid's included for just gym and art, but like where your child really sits in the class and learns alongside her peers. There's not that many families that do it because there's not so much resources in this country given to families. So it's often only higher socioeconomic families that can afford all the out-of-pocket services that are needed in order to make this little adventure successful. And, you know, when you have a typical kid, you speak to the teacher like twice a year and you go to parent teacher conference every now and then and that's your interaction with the school but when you have a special needs child I'm in touch with the teacher and her shadow like every single day and my whole life is in whatsapp and then copy paste google translate and then try and guess what google translate is saying and then go back to read the hebrew and try and guess again and figure out what's going on so that makes it very stressful but the interesting part is as a society Israel's much more open to inclusion. I think, you know, it comes as the value in a society where um, a life is a life. And you see that even in an army that's not necessarily a religious army, but it's driven by religious values. And they'll go after a body part just to understand if a life is still there or not there and rescue people. And I think you know, living in a society where there's a lot of religious people who don't screen and abort and in a society where there's been a lot of like bombing victims or war victims, people accept special needs as part of society much more than in the US where I think special needs are much more part of, you know, left to not-for-profit organizations on the side of society. So inclusion in society is easier, but inclusion in school definitely has a challenge. Until they get to society, you have to really you know, get them through school. Yes. Wow. Well, I don't know even how, you know, knowing just that, just, it's not even just that, it's everything. Like, you would think that when you're faced with such a challenge, you would think that that should be your only focus, but somehow you are a powerhouse and, you know, you really, um, you know, focus your your whole life towards helping people. So uh, I mentioned before that you are the founder of an organization called JICNY. Um, can you tell everybody what, uh, what that is? So it's the Jewish International Connection. And when my husband and I moved from Australia to New York in 2000, um, I was actually adamant. I'd always been involved doing stuff in the community. I decided when I moved to New York, I was going to take at least a six-month break and I wasn't going to host anyone. The first Shabbat I was in New York, an organization called us up and asked us if we would host people. And we landed up having like 30 people for dinner. Yeah. And they brought us tables, chairs, benches, food, and guests. But that sort of started my trajectory in New York. And a few weeks later, it was Rosh Hashanah. And a friend that I knew from Australia was studying his MBA at Columbia University. And he said, all these foreign MBA students don't have anywhere to go for Rosh Hashanah. Would I be willing to host them? Mm-hmm. 
and three weeks after arriving I had 36 people from 30 countries and I realized there was like this need for foreign Jews to have a home away from home and that was like the beginning of an organization which I joke is a little little like having an unplanned pregnancy of triplets because there were lots of blessings in it but it grew way beyond anything I ever planned for or imagined and now in New York alone we have over 200 events every year and we have over 10,000 people come through the door and when I moved to Israel three and a half years ago exactly seven days after making Aliyah we had our first event here which was a chalabek for 600 women as part of the Shabbat project and now I have a database here you know of many thousands of people and we do similar types of events and we have about three or four thousand people come through the door in Israel we're now in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and again targeting people who are like looking for a home away from home like this Jewish home away from home giving people inspired Jewish opportunities connecting in like the New York context foreigners with the community here with Olim with Israelis and um just you know helping people in the dating crisis we've had 115 marriages that we know of and just do a lot of very high quality event programming wow so i know that you have one coming up actually this week you know this is airing uh today it's wednesday and in a couple of these you're going to be hosting a huge friday night event uh can you tell everybody about what you're doing this friday night sure I've always had this vision of trying to make Jerusalem great and giving young people a reason to stay in Jerusalem. Often young people leave for Tel Aviv because they think there's more opportunity there. And my vision is to do great things for Jerusalem. And we had came up with the idea for Yom Yerushalayim, which is this weekend, Saturday night is Yom Yerushalayim, yes. bring in hundreds of people for Shabbat wow. and do an event under the banner of Celebrate Jerusalem celebrate Shabbat and we're hoping to have 400 young professionals and maybe more because the sign-up is going crazy um, Join us at the first station in Jerusalem for Shabbat dinner. Wow, very exciting Okay, so I'm sitting here not only with someone that founded an organization is the mother of a special needs child that is always helping other people um, that's hosting you know, dozens and dozens of people every single Shabbat. You're also known as one of the 70 outstanding women in Israel. Uh, there was just a blog put out um, last week or two weeks ago for Yom Atzmat, and you're listed as one of them, and you, it's a very uh, well-deserved title. Um, how did it feel to be to be coined that title? Um, I mean, I was honored to be included among so many great women. I think that there's many people who do a lot more than me, but I do see that... You know, I'm glad to be recognized for someone who's trying to make a change for a limb as well as special needs. I'm always trying to move the needle for special needs in the community. And I think sometimes one of the challenges is when you live in a country and it's not in your first language, it's very hard to move the needle, whether it's in anything you're trying to do, because your ability to advocate and to initiate and to, um, you know, reach out to people is limited. So I guess for me, it was like, good reinforcement to know that you can actually make a difference even if wow. it's not in your first language. That's amazing. So yeah, call it a vote. You're also known as a world traveler. You know, you, you said you traveled a long, you know, a while ago when before you even lived in Israel, you were traveling all over, but still you're always traveling the world. Um, so for someone that loves to travel, um, loves seeing the world, you still come back to Israel. So first of all, what is, what's it like to be a world traveler, especially with your children that they travel along with you, but you do come back to Israel. So uh, what's bringing you back all the time? 
So firstly, I love traveling and it's in my genes and I think I've given my children the travel bag. My like 16-year-old's been to like 35 countries and my 10-year-old's been to like 32 and I just went to my 79th country. 79. <laughs> and as my, wow. as my kids are getting older, I'm getting braver and doing countries like Ethiopia's the only white woman traveling alone with three children that I saw because <laughs> um, my husband can't always travel as much as we can. Um, and I think that my children learn so much from traveling and I get like an extra pleasure from that. So firstly, to be kosher travelers and to kosher and shomer Shabbat. And my children, no matter where we are, are reminded they're Jewish. When you can, you know, when you're sitting in your room eating your avocado and peanut butter crackers, yeah. you're reminded that you're Jewish. Or when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're setting up a sukkah, like even if it's a portable sukkah, it's such a strong message for them about their Jewish identity. And I think that they also learn so much about the values and how privileged they are to live a life with Jewish values and Torah values and to see, you know, sometimes it's only a perspective that helps you appreciate life. And for them to go to these countries where they may learn about things with pagan worship, they may see war-torn countries, they may see armies that have persecuted people. They learn so many different things, even at their young age. And then they come back to Israel, yeah. which is, you know, it's not a perfect country and it has many challenges. But ultimately, they come back to a country that's inspired by Torah values, a country that has a moral compass, a country that teaches them very strong values. And I actually think that when they come back here, they're more inclined to want to give back to society here because they have a greater appreciation of how much they have. Wow. That's really, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> and they're coming home. Do they feel like they're... Uh, my children might have only been here three years, but they are all Israeli through and through. <laughs> <laughs> they, yes, definitely. Okay, so now that we covered all of the not all of the amazing things, but many of the amazing things that you do, how do you uh, manage to juggle being an entrepreneur along with everything else that you're doing and being so successful at it? So a few things firstly i think that god gave me a blessing that i don't need a lot of sleep <laughs> so if you only sleep four hours a night actually yeah. i actually have a calculation about this but my theory is if most people sleep eight hours and you're sleeping four hours and you sleep on average 20 hours a week say less a, a week and the reason you're staying awake is because you're doing productive things, not because you're watching movies, Yeah. then you gain a thousand hours a year. And if you say that most people at best are productive 40 hours a week, mm -hmm. and you put 40 into a thousand, I actually gain 25 weeks a year. So I have 25 more work weeks a year than the average person. So I think I managed to pack in a lot. Oh, wow. The second thing is, even when I travel, and I recently was away with some friends, and I think they saw real time, like I'm up at 5am, and then I'm working while they're sleeping till 9am, and they go to sleep, and I was awake working, and I'm walking in the street, and I'm talking into my WhatsApp messenger, and I'm answering emails all the time. So I'm always on, like there's no... I might be I might be away, I might be traveling, but there's no real vacation. Yeah. So I'm always on and that helps me to do a lot of things. I'm also very, very organized. Yeah. Um, I have my to-do list. I never, ever go to sleep without my to-do list. Wow. And I am very, very committed to the belief that success in life is not just being successful in one dimension. So there are a lot of people who are successful in business or whatever, but 
you know, they failed their family. And I really believe a truly successful person is someone who has, you know, a strong family, involved in community, as well as someone who's successful in business. And I really try to put, like, my feet into different ventures, different, be involved in different things, because as much as I am an entrepreneur and I want to be successful and money is important to me, those other things are important as well. And because I keep them at the top of my priority, I'm always juggling them. Wow. Well, everybody is really inspired, and I'm sure they're all sitting at the computer right now listening to this and saying, how can we follow Jody? <laughs> we want to follow her travels and her blog, so how can everybody find you? So they can find me on Metro Ema, which is my blog, as well as Jody Samuels on Facebook, and I also have a Facebook page, which is Kaylee's World, which is my journey with special needs parenting. Amazing. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people uh, really inspired Um you know, right after this interview, they're going to go log on right away. Um, okay, so I know you travel the world, but you do live in Israel, and you do travel in Israel also. So is there one place that you can call your Israel happy place? So I love the beach. And the good thing that in Israel, the beach in Tel Aviv is only 45 minutes away. And I'm there as much as possible. And if it's not Tel Aviv beach, there's other beaches. Yeah. And the good part of Israel is in nine months of the year, really good beach weather, sometimes even 10 months of the year. And even in winter, I'm happy to be on the beach. If it's raining, if it's windy, I will always be where the beach is. And there are a lot of beautiful beaches. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I really wish you continued success in everything that you're doing. And uh, thank you, Tova, for taking the time to interview me. <laughs> thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova. And thank you, Jody Samuels, again, the founder of J-I-C-N-Y. Tova Connect, you could find her on Facebook, Tova in Israel, also tovainisrael.com, where she continues to really show us why we all should move to Israel. But, you know, that's a different conversation for a different time. But tovainisrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook for more, where you could see the beauty of the land of Israel. We have more coming up here. Uh, we'll see if we have the segment with no name with Miriam Alwalg. Unclear about that as of this second, but hey, you never know. So uh, either you'll hear me at 10.50 or about 10.55, 10.57 as we wrap up the show, whatever it is. But plenty more music right here on Bite Size. Stay tuned at the Nachum Seal Network. It's so cold now, it's so dark here, what could I do, it's not very If I'm a little light, you're a little light Together we are so very bright A little light here, a little light there See the smiles, it's so very clear Shine a little light, show us the way Lead us to 
Leuten war Pharmaschiach, er wird noch kommen, wenn wir vertrugen sich. Jeder einer Abendem Beitem war Pharmaschiach, er will schon kommen, er wartet auf dir in mir. Oh, 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 oh,
להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור. כי הכל כתוב מלמעלה, אז תנסה. סמוך על הבורא, הכל יכול. שוב, יש תנועה בדרך אל העבודה, אתה צולע אחר אל הפגישה, ואולי מרגיש שכל יום כמו מרוץ גם, גם אם אתה קצת מתוסכל, ונראה לך שזהו המזל, פתח בשם ותאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך בדספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, וכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך בדספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, וכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. ואז פתאום תראה שלב עוד מלחצים אפשר ללמוד, הכל יהיה פשוט מאוד, אחרת איך אפשר לשרוד את החיים שלך, תתחיל לקחת בקלות. מה זה כסף? הפך בלי יושר, אין לו משמעות. עצור לחשוב לפני שתאחר את הרכבת. הילדים גודלים ומה נשאר רק המזכרת. תגיד להם איזו מילה טובה ותחבק. יש רגעים שבשבילם תתנתק. ניסית, ניסית, שלא עשית. את הכל רצית, בנית, בנית. ומה שלא ראית, איך שהזמן עובר כאן ולא יחזור שוב לאחור לחייך. אם אתה מרגיש שאתה כל הזמן רוצה... להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור דספסיטו את החיים שלך ודספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו לכל הכבה זה טוב רק תאמין בו דספסיטו את החיים שלך ודספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו לכל הכבה זה טוב רק תאמין בו דספסיטו All right, and we are back here to wrap things up on Bite Size. Unfortunately, no segment with no name today. We've had a long, nice streak. We'll hopefully pick it up again next week or uh, whenever it is. You never know. But a big shout out, by the way, and a big mazel tov to the Wallach family on their upcoming bat mitzvah this weekend. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a blast. I'll be there. Certainly, certainly looking forward to it. All right, so how do we wrap things up here when there's uh, no segment with no name? Well, I'll tell you the live launch from Wesley Kosher is coming up in just a few minutes. For those of you waiting to hear from Avrami, I, I do apologize. I, I, you know, it's not nice that we took away his time slot. I hear you. So uh, luckily, we hear from him a lot on this network. Thankfully, whether it's Saturday nights, the Sunday Encore, the Wednesday Live Lunch. He's even been taking over Tuesdays lately on the Live Lunch. So we hear from him a lot. But today, for this show, we asked him, you know what, if you could just take a step back. You've earned this break. You've earned this time off. And uh, 
will take over today, your show. So it's an 11 to 2 live lunch, an extra hour from Wesley Kosher in just a few minutes. Thank you to our sponsors for that live lunch. One Tabletop, Lilac and Cream. There'll be a special demo with Naomi Nachman and Norman's Dairy. Normansdairy.com. You can check them out there. Uh, the show will have, uh, it's three hours. We'll be doing some Facebook Live. I'm being told there will be some Facebook Live. The, it's, it won't be the full three hours. So my my assumption, my guess, it's a pretty educated guess, but not confirmed, is it, the Facebook Live will likely start 11.30 or 12-ish and then go from 12.30, 1-ish, 1.30, whatever it is, something like that. Um. But there will be some Facebook Live for the show from Wesley Kosher. And we thank everyone at Wesley Kosher. We've done a show there before. And, and right when we left, we're like, we have to do one there again. Because they were so great, so accommodating, and just a lot of fun. And we're back. I think I, I should remember the date we did it last year. I want to say it was also sometime May, maybe March. It might have been a pre-Pesach show. I don't remember. But from Wesley Kosher coming up in just a few moments. And by the way, we had a packed week this week. Whether it was Monday with Barilan yesterday, MK Yehuda Glick and Yaron Kanner, both from Hinam, they were on. And if you missed the Barilan broadcast, you could check the archives at the uh, special presentation section, both on the app and online. Or JM Rewind yesterday was from Barilan, and also JM Rewind it re-airs on Thursdays at 4 p.m. So if you missed the Barilan broadcast, it'll be re-aired Thursday at 4 p.m. But the live launch coming up right now next. From Wesley Kosher coming up next. So that'll do it for me. Thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here on Bite Size. I'd like to wish you all a wonderful, splendid, good day. Enjoy the weather. And if you're headed or near Muncie, come visit us at Wesley Kosher. Remind you all to have a good day and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size.